For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to Bladen Races, t'was on the 9th of June, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took a bus from Bamborough's, and she was heavy laden. Away we went along Collingwood Street, that's on the route to Bladen. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning. Passing the folks upon the road just as they were standing There were lots of lads and lasses there all with smiling faces Ganning along the Scotswood Road to see the blading races We flew past Armstrong's factory, read up to the Robin Adair Just ganning down to the railway bridge, the bus wheel flew off there Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 151 I'm your host Greg Troxell, you can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg It is your weekly Newcastle United news update There's been a little bit that's happened because, well, we don't do it during the international break But some things have accumulated and we have a ton of things to talk about And when I mean we, I mean me and the best damn calls in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you? You know, we out here vibing. What it do, baby? We out here in these streets, the mean streets of Atlanta stand. Um, and, you know, I'm just excited to have moved on from the, the other episode we had to record. And now it's a new day. Um, mm. We're talking about actually pretty much all positive news. So, you know, I'm excited. And so if you want to hear some some positivity or see some positivity on your timeline follow your boy on the twitters um yeah. i'm really funny i promise at elijah underscore newsom follow the podcast account at chn underscore podcast like we said we're dropping obviously today and then as you're listening to this right now the false nines boys are preparing to also record that night for thursday so like you're yeah. just gonna get back to back to back to to back podcast back to back to back yeah yeah so be sure to tune in there and stay tuned in i guess not tune in there but stay checked in to uh, to socials um we yeah. post all our podcasts there all that good stuff um and then of course the main account at coming home in ufc our boy elliot wrote a great match review um you can always keep up with what our loanies are doing greg releases a report every what month or so i don't know yeah it's it's something like that and then of course all the other stuff that people write including me when i feel like it so there's our spiel which is fairly often not as of recent i had to get some thesis stuff done but i'm gonna be back well, in the game you were week, writing folks. So. i was writing i was writing about youth soccer and how bad america is at doing it so if you want to read that dm me because it's 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 something it's definitely something uh cool so we, if you listen to our episode that dropped on tuesday you will hear a very frustrated Elijah and I, uh, as we talked about our just destruction of the last, I don't know, eight minutes of, of that match. And well, really the entire match, but um, it wasn't, it was never pretty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I just wanted to ask one question because it was very negative and I wanted to do something positive. And the only way, only thing I could think of positive is us replacing Steve Bruce. So I wanted to lead this show of asking you, realistic options only, who would you replace 
Steve Bruce with as manager for Newcastle United if you had a realistic option under Mike Ashley's ownership? Pochettino. Realistic option under. Okay, fine. Uh, Greg mentioned this to me. Well, okay. Well, Greg mentioned this to me uh, before we recorded, and I'm all aboard this train, the Darren Moore hype train. Um, Obviously, great at West Brom, really nice young manager. Well, manage young. I mean, I guess he's young in general. He's 46. So, I mean, he's a nice yeah. young manager. Um, did really well at West Brom. I feel like he's one of the only managers I've ever seen get sacked for being in fourth place and in a playoff <laughs> push. Um, but hey, it happened. Um, and where's he now, Greg? He's in League One, right? Yeah, he's at Doncaster. Doncaster in League One, top five right now. Um, but again, plays a has a similar system, four two three one. Has been able to adapt it. Um, very expansive style of football. Um, and at a minimum, he would bring to the table tactics. Which that's the thing is, I, I mean, uh, like I don't know how we've survived this far with a lack of of tactics. But I feel like you can get any manager that has like employed tactics ever and they would be able to also keep this team mid-table or higher, and it would be entertaining. I think Newcastle fans would be fine finishing mid-table if, like, there was a system and there were tactics and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, so this is officially going to be the Darren Moore uh, to Newcastle Stan podcast. Yeah, um, he's you know, black, too. So, yeah, I mean, he's also black, so it's a double, double Stan. Double Stan. Yeah, double stand for us because, you know, we're the true black and white podcast. We should probably support a black guy. Yeah, and you're also, speaking of stands, you mentioned you were in the streets of Atlanta stand. Yeah, exactly. So there's exactly. stands everywhere. There's all these stands. And <laughs> Eminem dropped an album. People forget. Mm. I'm sure it was forgetful, which is why people forget. But that's another stand reference. That one's for the uh, the older crowd. The, yeah. the youngins don't, they don't get that. I don't think we have anyone on this podcast that's below the age of like 21 that's listening to this. And if you are, DM us. Yeah, please. Uh, I mean, we'd love to learn about the Gen Z, of which I'm a part of, but still, it's fun to act like I'm not. Yeah, uh, you definitely are. No, I don't, I don't even really look at that stuff. I don't even look at that stuff. But anyway, uh, we'll get into this this wonderful episode that we have planned for you uh just one more thing if you if steve bruce does anything you disagree with uh we'll start the hashtag darren moore to nufc mm-hmm. uh, actually we'll i have a better idea if if oh. you if you guys um if you guys have anything that you say like oh man i don't like steve bruce i don't agree with it um i've actually come up with the hashtag that i don't think anyone's used yet um that's a good way to like let everyone know that you're not a fan of Steve Bruce. Um, just use hashtag Bruce out. I don't think anyone's using that yet. So uh, you can, you can be the first to hop on that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe no one's thought about that yet. Yeah. No Jeez. one, no one's using that. I haven't seen it at all. I haven't seen it at all, especially not after uh, Saturday. Didn't see it. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's get into it. We are going to start with the premier league. They have not had a great time as far as publicity goes. And the first thing that happened was that we haven't talked about yet is their wonderful pay-per-view that they implemented, Elijah. It's, yeah. you know, for, I mean, we're, we're our listeners are kind of split 50-50, well, like 50% are in England and then 50% around the world. Um, and like the, 
50% doesn't have an issue with this because they've been streaming all along. Yeah. Uh, but in England, yeah, I, I would be furious. <laughs> I would also be furious knowing that, like, in the States, like, like I'm thinking of Andy and Graham and them who know that, like, I pay $5, which is two two pound 50 cent. I don't know. Yeah. Or something like, or like three pounds yeah. a month to, to watch any Premier League match I want. Any, any, anyone at all yeah. yeah uh and there's a lot wrong with this model and i mean i don't even want to mention but you guys already know there was a member of our staff who who actually tried to defend this and here's the thing i i'm fine with the paper match model wait who general. tried to defend this i mean who do you think come on oh my yeah like yeah he he i posted and he would i think it was a lack of information on his behalf because I don't think he realized that it was 15 pounds per match. I think like he thought it was 15 pounds. And then I explained, no, actually no. Cause then I explained it's 15 pounds per match. And he was like, yeah, I don't see an issue with like people paying by the match. And I was like, here's the thing. When other people do this, um, for example, we'll use the champions league for this. CBS did this. And before it was Turner Turner, like you could pay to watch like, individual matches and it was like five bucks and there it's worth it it's five bucks to watch the match whatever you're not happy about it but you're not upset about it you're already being asked to pay for the match blah blah blah, etc etc yeah but to charge fans 15 pounds to watch a stream that's going to be behind a stream that's going to have one commentary it's it's a bit much um to say the least and i feel like it's not really defensible uh there was someone who tried to defend it saying that fans pay 30 pounds to watch uh matches in person but you you cannot you cannot say that and in like I don't know there's way more value watching a match in person at St James Park or traveling down to like Vitality Stadium than there is to like just watching it on TV. Um, and so I don't know I feel like we're not making any hot takes, but I think there is good that have came that came out of it. Um, instead, there was a movement uh, started on Newcastle Twitter to instead of paying the 15 pounds to the Premier League. Um, paying the 15 pounds to the NUFC food bank. And since then, they're over 20,000 pounds uh, raised um, basically because people are like F the Premier League. So big, oh, Greg, big week for the uh, Premier League is corrupt people. They had a great yeah. week. They were yeah. they were in full force. They were, <laughs> man, they were out there. They were just like, been a, we've been, we've been telling months. you guys. Yeah. Big few months for that. Yeah, <laughs> we've been telling you guys ever since they first rejected the Saudi Arabian bid that they've been corrupt, and everyone's like, uh, okay. And then now they're like, hey, look, corrupt. You see, look at them. They yeah. only care about money. And after the Newcastle match against Manchester United, uh, reporters asked Sky Sports uh, how many people paid for the PPV for the match, and Sky Sports refused to give the number and said that those numbers are commercially sensitive and they will never be releasing those. Um, That's hilarious. I'm really curious to see. Manchester United might be a little different. Some, I mean, probably more people would have paid that. But the West Brom-Burnley match? I'm about to say, like, there are some matches over that... Under, over under 100. Yeah, like, there's some matches where it's like, you need to be paying fans to watch this. Like, it is not... Yeah. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah, the other news of the Premier League that's that's really interesting uh, is this Premier League project dumb. What was it called? Project what? It, project Big Picture. Yeah, 
Project Stupid. Um, um, well, yeah. I mean, uh, okay, essentially, go on, go on, uh, King. there is a, a an EFL joint Premier League EFL proposal, pre- proposal mostly by the, by the Premier League, um, and basically, like the top six created this wonderful plan that looks good on paper. That's going to provide. A, I mean, there's a lot of good ideas in it. Like, don't get me wrong. If you read the full thing, Athletics got a full deep dive on it. There's like a lot of good. I mean, we're talking about payments down to save EFL clubs. We're talking like uh, payments for infrastructure. One thing that was interesting that is of interest to Mike Ashley um, is that you can literally like get refunded the money you spend on a stadium if you're in the Premier League uh, up to like 200 million pounds or something like that. So Mike Ashley could literally like do all these stadium upgrades that he promised and not have to pay for them. So a lot of good stuff out of this, out of this, uh, out of the project big picture. The issue is um, the big six decided that they would create a, a new way of voting in the Premier League. So that mostly it would still remain the same, every club getting one vote, but for special decisions uh, that there would only be nine clubs allowed to vote. And uh, it's like the six longest tenured clubs, which of course are the big six. It's longest continuous years. So like Newcastle's obviously been in the Premier League longer than Manchester City, but like in terms of total years, but they would they would not be considered one of these clubs, and yes, those clubs would would have more weight in their votes than anyone else regarding special decisions, like for example, new broadcast packages or I don't know choosing a new owner. Um, so um, a lot of people uh, were very against that. I mean, fans of these clubs uh, really spearheaded by Liverpool and Manchester United, big shocker, American owners. I mean, take that as you may. Um, but yeah, they ended up voting on it on Wednesday and it it did not do well um, at all. And so there's going to be another resolution in the works. But out of that came a crazy threat that like, if this didn't go through, that, that the big six is just going to take the, the best teams in the Premier League and start their own Premier League. And that's what happened. Uh, now there's, there's word, Greg, as of today, that there's in the talks uh, that – Super League of the best teams in Germany, best teams in Spain, best teams in England, um, and best teams in France, all forming one league that would just make a buttload of money. Um, so yeah, that that came out. I don't know if that's got any wheels behind it, but again, not a great week for Premier League uh, at all. For the record, the actual Premier League board is very much against this plan, but still, it just shows there's people with a lot of power, a lot of clubs with power, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Not great. So, so because we're such a prestigious club in England, we would be playing Barcelona more often. Yeah, um, that's the way it would look. Um, I didn't see us on the list, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean that nothing that like actually... seeing Messi and Sergio Dest against Emil Kraft and Federico Fernandez. You know, I'll say this though: if that happens, like I guess less chance of Newcastle getting relegated because. There's like, oh, we're, we're top half every year now. Yeah. Like it's like, because I mean, I don't know. We'd also get way more TV money. So big win for Newcastle. Uh, I think a lot of that TV money starts to relinquish if those clubs leave. Oh yeah. No, I think so. I'm just saying in terms of proportion, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. like you still got those long-term deals with like NBC and stuff. Like, 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 I don't know. I, I understand I what you're saying. Totally like that just says like, yeah, we don't care about grassroots football or like any other club like we just care about ourselves that's what that and and again like worth noting fans of all these clubs are very much against this like there's no fan group that's like 
I want this to happen. Like, I mean, I've, I mean, personally, I've spoken to a lot of fans of Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, blah, blah, because we're in America. So there's a lot of them here. And I mean, they all think it's stupid. It's, it's what about greedy. Because men, Chelsea United, and Liverpool supporters in the US are different from England. Uh, what do the supporters there say? Have we locked into that at all? I, I've only heard of one Liverpool Liverpoolian that is from Liverpool that I like I know, and they're against it because it goes against local football. They yeah. also there's a there's a big like there's a certain pride to winning the Premier League the way it is. Um, you know, like yeah. it's, there's still the prestige that comes with that, and like that's still a big deal to a lot of the fans, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, but that's that on that. I'm sure that the False Nines boys will have a little bit more to talk about, a little bit more to discuss. Oh there. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we'll move on to some Newcastle news, Greg. What, yeah. what else happened? Um, let's talk about Alan Sant Massimo. Mm. He signed. A great deal, and his video posting it is glorious. Yeah, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm back. God, that's amazing. Love uh, it. Yeah. So, so Saint Maximin's in. He's ours uh, for four more years, and or four year extension. And um, you know, a lot of this, it's like it's good because it means that, like, yeah, we have Alan Saint Maximin under contract until 2025. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, yeah, it goes to 2025. Sorry, I was, I mind, I messed my mind up there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a good thing, but obviously, now the way football is ran, I mean, you can leave at any point. But it is yeah. good to have like your best players locked up. That just feels better. Yeah, and, and it shows it's a, crazy to think he's only 23. Yeah, and it it does show a, a dedication to the club somewhat. I mean, yeah. obviously, it does meet like in terms of Newcastle and what they can get for him it does mean like they can get a lot more for him because he's uh he's technically in a long-term deal blah blah, blah et cetera et cetera and they have to pay out the contract blah, blah blah um but it does like you a player also has to want to sign a deal with the club and we kind of saw it with Maddie Longstaff where it's like obviously it's like he had to want to come to Newcastle for him to even consider signing a deal um and same with DeAndre Edlund where it's like he could re-sign um and potentially i mean that's that could be more on the club if we're being honest but it's the same thing where he's like he's he's now getting to the point where he's got less than a year on his deal um etc cetera, etc cetera. you know same with Javi Mankio, other guys who got extensions whatever um it's good for him i thought it was interesting like literally the day before an interview came out of him talking about how he wanted to he was really pushing that he wanted to be at a club with ambition blah blah, blah et cetera, et cetera. and people were looking way too into that basically like you know, Newcastle, it's black or white. It's the most black and white fan base out there. So he said that, and people were like, well, he's off to PSG in January, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, the next day he signs a massive extension that they've been working on for months, like since March. Yeah, that's really – I mean, there's – can't be bad things about that. Yeah. Um, just massively loved by our fan base, a great player, young, perfect. Great, great idea, should have done it. Should have signed him to a 50-year extension, but... Okay. I was to say, like, uh, you can't even say should have done it earlier because they've been working on this for, like, seven months, so it's like... Yeah, I mean, honestly, it only needs <laughs> about two weeks, but sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what took other... them so long. I mean, I'm guessing he might have wanted a release clause or something, 
Or just it's like Newcastle, everything takes so long. I was so about to say, it's like Mike Ashley maybe taking two months <laughs> to respond to an email <laughs> is what it is. Um, then we have Dubrovka. So some not so good news. We went from good news to bad news. We have a confirmation from club officials that Martin Dubrovka is going to take a lot longer than expected. So it, it's uh, so he had a heel problem in uh, like that he got while he was in Slovakia, and he went on uh, surgery for that and was supposed to be out for six weeks. However, it, it's not healing as well as expected, and. Uh, they don't think he's going to need to get an operation for like another operation, but it's looking like it's going to be at least another month. So maybe December, I mean, a little over a month, month and a half at, at the absolute minimum, we'll see him. So he's basically missing the first half of the season. I'm assuming what's your, what's your thoughts or what have you heard? Yeah. Kind of touched on this yesterday briefly, but I mean, there, there's a reason why you cut your losses yesterday and you sub with Carl Darlow because you like Steve Bruce went into that match knowing that he had a keeper that was going to be out until the middle of December. So why you wouldn't want to prevent an injury of your starting keeper right now is beyond me. It's completely baffling. Um, hopefully the Darlow stuff doesn't turn into something incredibly serious. You never know with Steve Bruce, but I would rather not like to be, you know, rely on Mark Gillespie for anything in the premier league. Um, I mean, no offense to him. He's just like, there's nothing he's done that's proven to me that he is capable at this level. We knew Carl Darlow could play at the Premier League level. He was our championship keeper. He started in the Premier League a couple matches, um, you know, spells for Dubrovka, et cetera, et cetera. Started the majority of that, that season after um, we were promoted. So, again, knew what we were going to do with Darlow. I don't know what we're going to get with Gillespie. So, let's just try to keep everyone healthy. That's it. That's is it. there a possibility that we recall Freddie Woodman on loan? Is that even something that is likely? I don't, I don't understand how loan recalls work because it doesn't really happen that often in real life. It happens all the time in FIFA and football manager, but I feel like it doesn't really happen that often in real life. Um, Cause I feel like if Darlow gets injured, like does it really make sense for Newcastle to sign someone else? Or at this point, do you kind of just say like, we need Freddie Woodman more than we, than we need him to develop at Swansea. Yeah. I loan recalls. I mean, Newcastle has had maybe two or three loan recalls in the past three years. That's true. I remember that, uh, Elias Sorensen was one of them. Yeah. There was that span of like, they haven't been good reasons. Yeah. But I say, it's like, we, we like recalled like three players in like two weeks, uh, like going into last January. Um, because like they just weren't playing at all. Yeah. Um, so so it does happen. I I mean, it would definitely absolutely destroy Swansea. Yeah. They'd be furious, but hey, I mean, you got to use what you have. And it's also just unfortunate. Like it's like if if it, this were to happen, like it would be because we've lost two keepers to long term injuries. Like, what do you want us to do? He's technically our player. Like. Yeah, our next two best keepers are Freddie Woodman and Jake Turner, and both of them are on loan. Yeah, and we can't even, like, sign a, an old Premier League veteran like Peter Cech, which leads us into our next point because he's on the 25-man roster for Chelsea. Hmm. Yeah, as an emergency keeper. Wow, got to love he's that. Not, he's not technically – He's like it's like he's on there in the case that their keepers go down. Like, they'll, they'll, off, they'll then offer him a contract, and he'll be like – 
like it's one of those things. It's very interesting because he's yeah. like, it's he's not technically with the club, but he's on the roster. Very weird. Very weird indeed. We go to our twenty-five man roster, mm-hmm. uh, starting with Martin Dubrovka. Uh, so I'll just name I'll just name all the players and then have a little comment after, and then two little comments, and then I want to hear your takes, Elijah. Uh, so our 25-man roster is Dubrovka, Kieran Clark, Paul Dummett, Fabian Cher, Jamal Sells, Andy Carroll, John Joe Shelby, Joe Linton, Alan St. Maximin, Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale, Callum Wilson, Isaac Hayden, Jamal Lewis. Why am I saying full names? Hendrick, Kraft, Fernandez, Mankio, Fraser, Yedlin, Murphy, Amron, Darlow, Gillespie, and Sean Longstaff. Matty Longstaff isn't on this list because he's 21 and he can play in, in as many Premier League matches as he wants, but um, he is technically a U21 player, so it doesn't count towards the 25. Um, and then the surprising thing, which we need to talk about, Rolando Aarons, Christian Atsu, Akraf Lazar, and Henri Saive not on the roster and will not play in the Premier League. Or does it seem like will like I, go on loan or leave the club at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he keeps saying, like, I'm going to reevaluate those players' futures, but he's been reevaluating those players' futures. And, like, basically, he's been very open that, like, he needs to get rid of these players, which is an interesting, like, strategy when you're trying to, like, sell players. Is like, hey, these guys stink. Like, we got to get them out of here. And yeah, he's also very been open. very opening, open about having to change the style that we play. Um, but that hasn't happened either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just saying it's just kind of funny that he's so open, like, about how much these players suck and, like, that they need to go somewhere else. And he's then, like, going into a room and being like, all right, hey, these guys are really good football players. They, they would be perfect on your team. And then they're sitting there like, dude, you, you just said that these guys stink. Like, they're not even good enough uh, to, to be practicing with you guys. Um, Not really a shock here. I think people – like, not people, but – Chris Woff and some other writers pointed out that DeAndre Yedlin uh, was on the 25-man roster. And it's like, I mean, like, we obviously know he wants to leave, but he's still a usable player. Like, yeah. Deli Ali is, like, frozen out of the Tottenham first team. Like, they tried to sell him. They tried to move him on. But yet he is still in the 25-man roster because you literally gain nothing from, uh, like, leaving off a player who is good enough to play for your team yeah. um, off the 25-man roster. Um, especially when you when one of your eligible players is, is Matty Longstaff and you don't need to use that spot, you might as well use it for fullback cover because, as we all know, our fullbacks tend to get injured all the freaking time. So um, not really that big of a surprise to me. Th- those guys getting left off, not a surprise to me. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens, though, uh, with the U23s because there are some guys who are balling out, um, and so we'll see like what happens as the, the season goes on. Um, if things happen and maybe some of them make an appearance, et cetera, et cetera. Or if we have anyone get recalled on loan, um, something like that, uh, that'd be interesting to see as well. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to end our first segment. What we have next is we have a preview of our next match against the Wolverhampton Wanderers. You mean and the then, Portuguese national team? Yeah, the Portuguese national team, Sans Ronaldo. And then we're going to, after that, after that preview, we're going to do odds and ends, talk about the rest of the updates around Newcastle. So we're going to take a break and then we'll get into our preview with Wolves. 
For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello, Elijah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's wander into this preview. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So... This weekend. That was. I'm not even acknowledging that. I just. That's. I just want you to know that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't at all. Okay. Good. Um. This weekend we have a match against Wolves, who are in sixth place, three zero and two. Uh, a minus two goal difference, by the way. Mm-hmm. Against Newcastle, who's sitting in thirteenth, two one and two, with a minus two goal difference. Um. Wolves. They're on a two-game winning streak. Both 1-0 wins against Fulham and Leeds. Not extremely impressive. But then before that, they lost to Stoke 1-0, Man City 3-1, and West Ham 4-0. So there's a lot of funky stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about Wolves. Yeah. We'll say that in the Leeds match, they did rotate a bit because they had some guys on uh, international duty that came mm-hmm. back. And you, they could afford to do that, kind of like what Man U did. Like Ruben Neves came on in the second half. Um, and I think Adam Adama Traore came on in the second half. I don't think he was on international duty. I just think that they just rested him because yeah. he started the match before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's very weird because definitely Wolves are underperforming uh, right now, but they're still a good team. Um, the losses – the West Ham one was surprising, but West Ham also – Still, technically, looks really good. Um, so, I don't know how to. I don't know how to interpret the West Ham loss right now. And losing three one to Man City is nothing to be ashamed of because, again, it is still Man City. Um, that's what they do. But it is a. It's, it's a very interesting uh, conundrum for Wolves um, because their their wins are not over the most impressive teams. Uh, so, I, I don't know what to expect. I would say it's going to be similar to the Man United match in terms of like. I think that you could go into this thinking you have a chance. And if you get your tactics right, you could stay in this match, um, at least give yourself a chance, which is what Fulham and what Leeds did. They, they got everything right tactically. They gave themselves opportunities uh, to, to at least be in the match. Um, but that being said, this is Steve Bruce. Uh, we could go the complete opposite and get played off the pitch because we set up wrong initially. Um, in this, this is a match where it is actually inexcusable to um, – <laughs> it's inexcusable to not start Miguel Amaron or Ryan Fraser, not because we personally think that they should start. We're going to stay positive, but because speed is something that is, is, is going to be needed against this Wolves team. They're not a physical, it's not, we're not playing Burnley. We're playing Wolves where we're going to need guys to match up. Well, um, speed wise, uh, it, it's going to be a, a match that could be very back and forth. And we've already seen uh, what having a pacey guy like Miguel Amaron, uh, can can do for for us against Wolves. Uh, there's that clip of him hunting down Adama Traore uh, in the midst of Adama Traore running like, you know, 60 miles an hour as a freight train and then Gale coming in, tackling him, getting the ball, all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of play you need. Jeff Hendrick's not going to do that. Sure as hell, John Joe Shelby's not going to do that. So um, this is a match where Steve Bruce can, he like, if he doesn't start Fraser or Almiron, I, I literally have no idea like why he's still managing the club. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's the, the quick, the quick update on Wolves. They're still going to play like Wolves three in the back Portuguese, a lot of very technically gifted players, a lot of speed on the pitch. It's just, they're kind of going through a little bit of a funk. So 
take advantage of it. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, Almiron has to start, right? And you answered that one already. The other one is, um, what about Yedlin? We've done this against Wolves. I don't know if you need it, though, because it's not like Minkio's really slow. Um, yeah. I think he's a good defender, and it's it's not like we're on and, – and in years past, it's like, yeah, your left-back option is Matt Ritchie or Paul Dummett, but your left-back option is also very fast in terms in, – in Jamal Lewis, so – I, I don't. I don't think it's necessary uh, this match. I could see him being on the bench though, or something like that. Um, if Jim, if Mankio doesn't start, uh, you have to think like there's something wrong uh, because I, I feel like there's no reason he shouldn't start. Again, like if Steve Bruce is if he cares this much about physicality, which he keeps claiming he does, like he has to he has to recognize that like big strong guys are going to do anything against Wolves, especially when like. It doesn't even make sense because their center backs are all big and fast. So it's like you can't even like be like, oh, we need to start big Andy to deal with the center backs. It's like, no, you don't, because they're all way more athletic than Andy Carroll. They're they're more athletic than Jolinton. So like I, I mean, again, like you said, it, it's you have to start making you have to start at least Maggie or Frazier. At this point, I don't care who, just start one of them. Um yeah. I, I just it's a given that probably Jolinton's gonna start. Um I don't know. I mean like, I don't know how you can start him after that last match. I don't know how you can start him. No, I mean, maybe as because he's like, if you play like a 4 4 2 and have him kind of behind as like somewhat of a target forward, but that's still a little bit athletic, like maybe, but I don't know. Any uh, players that, that jump off the page to you off rip for Wolves? Um, besides, I mean, they've got the usual suspects of like. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say Raul Jimenez for sure. He has three goals. Um, and then. Yeah, Adama Traora, Traore, and then uh, uh, um, Den Donker. I was I was almost say Don you know Denker, Den Donker. Yeah, you know who's also Leander been Den Donker. Yeah, um, also this season that's been pretty decent is uh, Pedro Neto. He's been he's been pretty good for them. He's had a, a decent start. I think he's already got a goal. Um, yeah. He's already gotten a goal for them, and he just I don't know. He's seems more at home than Playing he did every last match. season. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, but like last season, there was definitely an adjustment for him. Uh, he kind of heated up towards the end of the season, but now he's he seems like he's in a good place and really dominating that winger position, uh, kind of really forcing their hand with Adama Troy, like figure out how they still utilize him, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, that would be – I think you hit on you hit it on the head. I mean, you've, always, you, you've got so many great players that are technically gifted on that team. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's your <laughs> suspects, Willie Bowley, Imanez, Nato, Treore. Um, uh, who else do they got? Patricio. Moutinho uh, yeah. is the keeper. Like, uh, Semedo. For people forget yeah, that. Yeah, Nelson Semedo. Who's He's actually nice. been good. And I and I am one of those people who is not big on Nelson Semedo because I thought he was just super overrated because he was at Barcelona and playing right back, which like uh-huh. I now feel like I can't even I, like I'm gonna I don't know I just feel like when I watched him in Champions League he like was not he was a decent defender but he also gave the ball away a bunch and that has not been the case so far with Waltz he's he's looked like really good um, I mean maybe his confidence was lower just the fact that Barcelona environment wasn't great I don't know. But he was like, for what he was classed up to be, not that impressive at Barcelona. But he's got a good start off here at, at Wolves, and they've got also Daniel Podence. He's good too. Podence is he's yeah. best. So yeah, a lot of great players. <laughs> yeah, and then um, how does Newcastle beat Wolves? 
I mean, I think it's it's you need to match them up speed wise, um, and there's got to be solid defending. Uh, you got to understand that Wolves are they have the athletes to to you know go hand in hand with Newcastle. So you're at a disadvantage once you decide to give in and try to go physical with them, try to slow down the game. Because if you try to slow down the game with Wolves, as we've seen, you can let them hold the ball, but if you try to slow down the game and, and make it drag on, blah blah, they've got technically gifted players. Um, all over the pitch that are, that are going to be able to make, you know, secondary runs, tertiary runs, you know, be able to maintain possession, all that kind of stuff. So Newcastle really do have to take advantage of when they win the ball, getting those clearances, getting, finding the outlet passes to try to beat them on the counter um, and really try to lure Wolves into committing a lot of bodies forward, really trying to like make them, force them to kind of play possession, that kind of stuff. Um, so that you can kind of bang, bang, hit them on the counter, which has kind of been the strategy the past couple of times we've played Wolves. Um, and it's worked sometimes, but it, it also has not worked at all, like a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, it sometimes doesn't work at all. Uh, yeah. And also with Wolves matches, we always have a very interesting play in the box that's either a no call or a call. Remember, we yeah. had two, I think both of them last time, both yeah. matches. And then there was one the year before. Yeah, you're right. There's always a weird. There's always some weird. Like it's always a weird game. Traore tries to go on these runs, but he stopped. Um, yeah, like I mean, it's weird. It's I don't know. I wouldn't say we're their bogey team, but it's always. I think they go into this match being like, this is going to be a tougher match than like it should. Yeah, because yeah, it just. I, I you're completely right. agree. Weird stuff happens. Um, a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, also, Newcastle were unbeaten in their last six matches. Visiting Wolves and oh. have never lost there in the Premier League ever. Well, first time for everything. So, I mean, uh, like Jose Mourinho never won at St. James Park, and like that was like a big thing. And then, of course, he comes in and pumps us uh, because <laughs> Steve Bruce is incompetent. So, like, mm. so there you go. Always <laughs> pumps, us with, no. <laughs> pumps us with the B team, like not even like Tottenham's best team, like just like I don't know. Uh, Elijah, one more question before predictions. Okay. If Darren Moore was our manager, do we win this match? If this is this his first match in charge? Yeah, and he had the whole international break to prep. Oh no, yes, it is, but he didn't have the international break. The answer is yes. You're supposed to say yes. Here. Yeah, I'd say yeah. I'm trying to. I was trying to think in my head like, what could he say no? But like, literally, all you have to do is at a minimum, just look back at, like, what did Rafa do against them and then try to emulate that game plan. Um, <laughs> you, like, this isn't is – because that, it, it's not a match where it's, like, you can't stamp your identity uh, in one match. Steve yeah. Bruce will be the first to tell you, like, it's really hard to imprint your own identity on a team. <laughs> um, you know, he's he's really – he's it's a year and a half in and where it's still a work in progress for him. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, I'm all about – now I want Darren Moore to manage Newcastle. Damn it. <laughs> You're hooked. Uh, do Kieran Clark, Paul Dummett, or Matty Longstaff show up? Uh, Matty Longstaff probably on the bench. Um, I mean, we do need – like, energetic midfielders would be nice in this. Um, I don't there, – there's no – I'll say this. I If John Joe Shelby starts this match, he's going to struggle. Yeah. Like, it's literally like – that's the other thing is just knowing your players, like – I wouldn't. I'm not saying drops John Joe Shelby because you need to drop him because he's not good. I mean, I am saying that in general, but in this particular case, it's like 
John Joe Shelby is like your least athletic central midfielder. He already does not defend well. He already does not commit to the press. Um, this would not be the best match to start him for. Um, and also, this would be a good match to employ the press. And if you're going to do so, Steve Bruce, don't press with two guys who don't normally press. Like, you know, he's trying to press with Hendrick and Shelby. And it's like, why would you do that? Like, what, what, do, you gain, what do you gain from that? Yeah. Press with guys like Miguel Amron and Alan St. Maxman and probably like a Ryan Frazier, Joel Linton, and Callum Wilson because, like, those guys are good at pressing. Like, that's not John Joe Shelby's strength or or Jeff Hendrick's strength. Like, neither one of them are good at that. Uh, so, anyway, that being said, John Joe Shelby will start probably, like, and Hendrick's going to start too um, to bring that physicality. And we need John Joe's offensive capabilities, his 70% pass percentage. Uh, we need that there and his 20% cross percentage. That's what we need in his – great set piece delivery that's been so good this season um yeah so all right uh, predictions 538 says newcastle has a 21 percent chance to win and a 27 percent chance to draw a 52 percent chance that wolves win uh yeah. and i am siding with 538 i say wolves will win this two to one yeah i mean you're you're generous to give us a goal um I would want to believe that I think it's going to be, I think it'll be two, nothing. I want to say three, but I think it'll be two. Um, I think that it's going to be a lot of sitting back and, and all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately I think wolves pulls one probably like early second half, like 55th minute and then finishes it off in like the 85th minute or something. Okay. But Newcastle will create chances. It just will be few and far between. We're gosh, we're so we just love this team. This team, but here's the thing, Greg. Like we're, I still think we're like more, we're the we're one of the most positive Newcastle podcasts. Yeah, like I feel like everyone else is very doom and gloom. Like they, they're I don't know. It just seems like everyone's very doom and gloom all the time, and it's like like blah 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 blah. But like we're at least when we're doom and gloom, we're giving you the reason why. Like we want Newcastle. Yeah like and when and we give ourselves chances against like the likes of of you know man city sometimes or whatever like and we celebrate those and we talk about when newcastle does well unfortunately there's not a lot that steve bruce has brought to the table that's allowed us to say those things so um there you go <laughs> uh all right we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna do some odds and ends uh just talking about the international break you nafc women um the u23s u18s i think that's it Uh, But we're going to do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Yo, it's me. It is. Odds and ends. Here we go. International break. Okay. Players played. They did. Yeah. Do you have Some any? Say... <laughs> oh, go ahead. Some say players played and they weren't fit enough to play this mm. past weekend. So that's why we didn't see them. That's what people are saying, um, even though it's not necessarily like all that true. But, you know. Uh, Almiron did get absolutely destroyed, though. Yeah. In in a match. Uh, who they Was it Peru? It was, it's yeah. Peru. Rodrigo Vilca's boys. He must have made a call over and said, hey, rough him up. I'm trying to take Ooh. a spot. 
yeah, that was crazy. It was ended, ended in a two-two draw. Amron did his normal stuff, what he usually does, but he got elbowed in the face, and then Running later, full speed. Like if you look at yeah. the clip, he's sprinting at the goal. It's kind, and it is a little bit wild. Like it is classic South American, and yeah. we'll include Concacaf yeah. refing. Where like he literally gets elbowed in the like in the face, like right outside the box or in the box, and it's just like not a red, like at all, just not a red. No, um, that's if you if you watch South Americans qualifying, if you watch Concacaf qualifying, which by the way, if you watch Concacaf qualifying, may God rest your soul. That's that's brutal to watch. This is how it goes. Um, it, it's never like the refing is is really bad. So uh, get used to it. Yeah. Um. They also they went on to beat Venezuela uh, in their next match, uh, World Cup qualifying. So that yeah. was a big one. Uh, and then Ryan Fraser scored and, a goal. And that he did. He looked good. Yeah, he scored. Uh, so it was very good to have those two. Yeah, assist too. I think started for their countries and it didn't, you know, play this past weekend. And then uh, Jeff Hendrick, uh, you know. He's always involved. Uh, there's really no uh, updates besides like everybody that got called up played and nobody did awful uh, except for Akraf Lazar. Oh, and, and well, no, Fabian Chair did awful. He got sent off. Yeah, he, he got sent off. But like, you know, you look at that face, look at him. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's just his crime was being too beautiful. And they were like, uh, get him out. Elijah, can't tell look at us. Him any longer. Tell us about Akraf Lazar and how proud he um, is about representing <laughs> his country. Oh man! So first and foremost, want to want to start this off calling out Greg because the club tweeted like Newcastle tweeted like like they mentioned all the players that were like out on international duty and they mentioned Akraf Lazar and Greg's like kind of he tried to pull a this you on him and showed the lineup graphic that that um, Algeria Morocco. Wow. Morocco, yeah. Morocco uh, tweeted out a couple days prior that I was like, oh, this is who's going to be called up. And obviously Lazar was not on that. But yeah. it turns out by just like, I guess it was meant to be like he had to play for Morocco. Someone got injured and someone had like a passport issue. It's like they had to call him Lazar. And like Lazar <laughs> proceeded to then post on his Instagram story, which by the way, you need to follow Akraf Lazar. It's it's an experience because you if you were following Akraf Lazar, you would think that he is like the best player at Newcastle United because like he's always posting like videos of him in training, like fancy jewelry, vacations, all this other stuff. But this week, that week, he posted a bunch of people like like showing him singing the national anthem, like as a bench player, like in the substitute like warm up. And he was reposting anytime anyone, like, he didn't have to know them, like, filmed him and then mentioned him in the Instagram story. He shared all of those. Um, needless to say, Akrafazar didn't make an appearance um, because he's not good and hasn't played, like, professional soccer in, what, a year and a half now? He hasn't played for a team, like, outside of the U23s. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. Not great. Not great, Bob. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah, that was pretty hilarious just to, just to see that. I didn't even notice it because I don't follow him on Instagram. Uh, but when Elijah said that, hilarious. I was laughing very hard. 
it because it was so it was so ridiculous because it was like i'm like all right because the first one it's like all right cool like yeah you're on tv and it looked like it was like a family member but then i'm like i see a couple i'm like all right well maybe he plays like and he's gonna eventually show himself playing but no it just it was like eight or nine stories of him just singing the national anthem and that was it and i was like oh okay cool love it love it um cool let's go to nufc women now they started their campaign in the Vitality Women's FA Cup, mm-hmm. uh, second round. And some would say that it went well. Yeah. With a resounding 11 nil victory over Blackburn Soccer Club. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was ugly. Uh, our, our, our girl Jess Foster scored because, uh, like, everyone scored. Yeah, not once, not twice. Yeah, three times her death. Yeah, she had the Hattie, and it wasn't the first time. First, I was sorry, I brutally messed that one up. It wasn't the only player. Yeah, get a hat trick. (laughs) Also, Katie Barker. Shout out to Katie Barker with three goals. Shout out KB. Goals also scored by Beth Gardner. Imogen Longcake, which is name of the year. (laughs) Wait, time out. Oh man. Oh geez. Uh, Follow her at. Imogen, I-M-O-G-E-N, long cake, L-O-N-G-C-A-K-E. Dude, we need to get her, her jersey number because that is a custom jersey waiting yeah. to happen. That is just like, Imogen I need cake. a long cake jersey. Oh, yeah. man. Um, Anna Soulsby, shout out. Shout uh, out, Anna. Casey, I don't know her last name because it's not on her Twitter, but she scored. And then so did uh, Megan McKenzie. Yeah, shout so, out Megan. So we had 11 goals scored between, what's that, four, five, six, seven people, seven, seven wonderfully talented footballers. Oh, yeah. uh, so it was, it was great. I mean, the captain didn't even get to score. And Courtney Locke, shout out Courtney, captain Courtney. I also just uh, want but, to point out that like four of those goals were scored in like the 80th minute or later. Yeah. Like at least three of them. But, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Blackburn kind of gave up. <laughs> because <laughs> i remember i was like tweeting i was like oh yeah keep scoring and then like as soon as i tweeted it was like 84th minute nine nothing and then i was like oh wow that's crazy and like 89th minute 10 nothing i was like geez like what's going on yeah uh, so them. it was it was four nothing at halftime and it ended 11 nothing just to get it yeah. yeah um from the 75th minute on let's see uh yeah it was eight uh oh Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was eight nothing in the seventy eighth minute, and that's when things uh, from the seventy eighth, seventy fifth minute on, it got to eleven. So yeah, escalated quickly. So good win by them. They actually drew in their third round matchup already. They're going to be facing off against. Uh, make sure I have it right. Uh, West End Ladies. Oh, oh, Sunderland. Sunderland West End what? Ladies. Yeah. Huh. So it's going to be played on Sunday, November 1st, against Sunderland West End Ladies. Um, home match for Newcastle United Women. Show out. They send more news to follow on that. So we shall we yeah. shall wait and listen. So good win for them. Let's keep advancing the cup, ladies. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Love it. U23s is the next news. Okay. A lot of big names in this one. Paul Dummett. Yeah. Kieran Clark. Mm-hmm. Akraf Lazar. Yes, he was beasting. <laughs> Maddie Longstaff. Yes, sir. Stan Flaherty. 
the boy, and my dude, Yannick Torre, mm-hmm. also popped in. Okay. We had Ludwig Franceletz. I mean, Danny Langley. I mean, if you're oh, yeah. if you're looking at Rodrigo Vilca, I'm about to say. The if boys. you're looking at the top 20 prospects, the U23s are loaded. They are loaded. This, this honestly could be a, a solid season for them. Um, maybe. Maybe. If they're but also they Longstaff, Clark, I'm about to say, like, if they're playing Longstaff, Clark, and Dummett, great season for them. And, and the yeah, back. let's get Henri Saive in there. Let's, yeah, let's just play. Honestly, it. like, if Akraf Lazar, like, you, t- like, we did find this level because I feel like every single like tweet like every other tweet for like a long part of that match was like Akraf Lazar dribbling down the left wing like he's now converted himself to a left wing yeah. like he's not he's not a left back anymore so I mean good for him well, I think that's part of the reason people don't want to play him because he's always thought he was fair uh yeah but I mean he is a left he is a left winger in U23s so uh yeah definitely. If, he, if he stays there as a U23 player I mean mix it up yeah um we had we had goals, so it was it was an early goal by Fulham. Uh, we played Fulham. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, they had an early goal, one nothing lead at halftime, and then two goals in an eight minute span from Yannick Torre and, and a banger from Stan Flaherty. Two goals in three games. A former Arsenal U eighteen mm-hmm. prospect, Stan Flaherty. Uh, that that had Newcastle with the win. So. Big big win for them. Uh, and he, and uh, let's let's talk about Rodrigo Vilca because he had a day. He had a really yeah. good day. He had um, some insane runs. Apparently, like mm-hmm. obviously very technically gifted player. He he looks he looks good. Uh, he had uh, a banger yeah. free kick and warm ups too. That yeah, video Lee Ryder tweeted that out. Shout out Lee. Um, there there's one thing to mention uh, is I guess Chris Woff's criticism was he played great. The, it's pretty clear that he needs to work on his fitness at this in, in England. Just he's not strong enough um, yet to be called up to for the league. So he got knocked off the ball a bunch. So that's something that we'll hopefully see develop pretty quickly. Uh, but Newcastle U23 sitting in fifth place in on the table. There's just for reference, there's 13 uh, teams. Uh, Sunderland is in last place with their only win coming against us. They lost six nothing, by the way, on, on Monday. Sunderland. And they destroyed us. So it's just ridiculous. Uh, that is also their only three points of the season so far. Sometimes. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're in fifth place, but we're tied on points uh, with a bunch of teams, Middlesbrough, Wolves, Leeds, and Reading. Uh, so we could be as high as third place. Um, only two points from second and five points from Norwich, who's first. So... That brings me just to the last bit. The U18s, not a ton to report here, but I want to keep keep the people updated on how they're how the youngins are doing. But the U18s, they drew in their match, one-one. Uh, it was a last shot of the game equalizer by Lucas De Bowl. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce B O L L E. Is that bowl or bowling? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but Lucas De Bowl. Uh, scored last last minute header to to keep a draw against Stoke City's U18s, um, and then one one just player signing. We signed Bradley Cross. 
Which we um, talked about it was going to happen at some point. Yeah, we've we've had this in the books for a little while. Pretty much as soon as we started talking about Vilka, we knew this. But um, I should have mentioned that he played. Or that he was signed. And um, he was at Chalka and for two years. And then was a tr- he tried out for us at a trial in August. And then now he's signed. He has a passport, so he is good to go. Um, yeah. So be interesting to see where he falls in the top 20 prospects. If he falls. Yeah. Never know. Uh, you never know. I, I have a quick question for you. Um, and I, I just thought of this when you were talking about the South American World Cup qualifying. Who gets called up first, Rodrigo Vilca or Jamal LaSalle's to their respective national team? Uh, Rodrigo Vilca, because he's already made an appearance with the senior national team. I thought he was just in camp. Oh, I th- I, maybe. Maybe that's what it is, but they've yeah. already called him in. So definitely, definitely Vilka. Very yeah. Maybe I should have said like Darlow or something because like the, the England keepers have not started the season <laughs> off well. I, I'm still taking Vilka over Darlow. Yeah, I, I, also, I would take Vilka because, I mean, like I feel like with World Cup qualifying, it's tough because there's not really a lot of just straight-up friendlies happening. Like, if there were more straight-up friendlies, like, Rodrigo Vilca would have been called up already. But, like, with World Cup qualifying, like, every player has to, like, be, like, really good that you call up. They have to not be really good, but, like, be able to contribute immediately. And I don't know if he's, like, at that level for Peru yet. Yeah. Just, like, I don't know. That's just based on what, our, like, we, we were talking about um, two, uh, two weeks ago when we, when we first signed him. Um, but it is it also there's the, of course the northeast bias that we have to we have to talk about with with the England national team. There we so, go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like Vilka made an appearance, so you are correct there. So it must have been camp. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, you got anything else? No. Um, super Let's pumped bounce. that we were able to do this episode, and you'll get a false nines one coming your way this week, and then of course early next week. Either Sunday or Monday, uh, you'll probably hear us review. Actually, not either Sunday or Monday. It'll probably be Monday or Tuesday uh, because that Wolves game is on Sunday. Uh, you'll hear us review um, whatever happened in the Wolves match. And trust me, win or bad, we will criticize Steve. <laughs> win or loss, we'll criticize Steve Bruce. It's yeah. down that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's going to conclude episode 151 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn pose in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this song's gorgeous. Beautiful. Called Coming Home, Newcastle. Everyone, let's get three points this weekend. And away the lines. Love you guys. It's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity 
and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how are I'm coming home Then I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door he plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again Brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seen any how I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in jail